So I think a lot of people want to know that. Is it worth my time to get that dispatch license? 100% it's worth getting the dispatch license. Hello and welcome to the Business Aviation Collective podcast sponsored by LD Aviation. Today we get a chance to talk to Jamie Labaki. He's the operations specialist for FL Aviation currently. And he has an awesome website called Avmerge, which we're going to talk about towards the end of the podcast. But first of all, Jamie, I want to see how did you get into aviation in general? Um, air shows. I can remember seeing, uh, we went to upstate New York and my parents didn't even tell us we were where we were going. And we ended up at an air show in the middle of a field and... It was a lot of old World War II airplanes and kind of a slow day and was kind of getting boring and tiring. <laughs> um, and just like any good air show, towards the end, the, uh, the Air Force Thunderbirds flew overhead and that just got me. And uh, I think that's my, I mean, that's when I can remember my, my love for aviation and I just thought of any way that I can enter into the industry and possibly become a pilot. So that's my... So were your parents, like, did your parents like aviation or was it just a random thing you guys decided to do on a weekend? Yeah, no, there's no aviation history in my family. My my parents are definitely, you know, patriotic. And my dad still says um, that he cries when he watches, you know, the Blue Angels or the Thunderbirds fly overhead and very patriotic. So We've always loved to go to air shows. Uh, I still go to air shows, bring the family now, but no aviation background in our family, really. And I think I'm really the only one in 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 our family, even extended family, that is in aviation. Interesting, interesting. I sometimes wonder if those the fighter jet performance teams, Thunderbirds, etc., if they understand how inspiring they actually are to many, many people. I suppose they probably do get that feedback but yeah i mean I, it's more than just air force i mean like i i actually tried to go to the air force and you know i i, I didn't they have what's called meps i believe it is and where you have to go and uh, register and i was actually medically rejected for whatever reason i had high blood pressure that day and he said well i can't sign you off and so i just never went my they said you just go back to a doctor and get signed off and you could get into the Air Force pretty easily, but I just never pursued it after that. But the, what you said is that that air show many years ago got me interested in aviation. And and even though I'm not, you know, in military aviation, I still love airplanes, probably because of that air show. Oh, that's awesome. Great story. Okay, so I kind of interrupted you there and got off on a tangent. But okay, so you started off in the air show, or, you know, watching the air show, then where did you go? So I'll skip all the way through high school. Always wanted to, you know, go to school to to be a pilot. I probably did a discovery flights as a high school kid, but we just never had the money to to pursue aviation, you know, to pay for flying school, flying lessons. So I ended up going to college, Seton Hall University, and I got a degree in communications. And my thought was get a general degree and You'll somehow find your way into some kind of airline or aviation department somewhere doing something. That did not happen. <laughs> so okay, right. I uh, I got my degree after after college. I actually went to work in construction, and I worked in construction for many years. And wow. I ended up working. Long story short, 
Um, I ended up working for a guy who was building luxury homes here in New Jersey. And the guy was very kind to me and he, he was paying me well. And with that money, I was able to finally get flying lessons in my mid-20s and I got my private pilot's license. After that, I pursued employment in aviation and I was able to work at Meridian in Teterboro, the FBO. So I was working behind the, the front desk there at the FBO. Cool experience, you know, young, young guy seeing private jets and pilots and celebrities and all that sort of thing. So that was a ton of fun and I learned a lot. And then Meridian also had a um, aircraft management company where we did charter and we, we did flights. So there was a dispatch opening where I, I applied and I, I was hired there. Got my dispatch license through that. And I spent a bulk of my time with Meridian. I think it was like 12 years at uh, Meridian Air Charter. Okay. That's great. No, so Meridian Air Charter, that you said it was a management company. So you did charter stuff, but you also did all the owner aircraft or owner trips. Correct. So we had we had anywhere from like, you know, between 20 and 30 airplanes, you know, plus or minus, you know, airplanes leaving and coming and going all the time. But um, there were, I would say it was usually just 25 airplanes, both 91 and 135. So we managed people's planes and did a lot of charter uh, at Meridian. When COVID happened, you know, everyone stopped flying and uh, Meridian ended up being acquired by Jetlinks okay. Aviation in Omaha, Nebraska. Yep. And Jetlinks took a lot of the Meridian Air Charter employees to work in their operations department and, and other other departments. So a lot of us who were with Meridian ended up working with Jetlink. So I was there working as their inter- international operations manager. Okay. So I worked when COVID turned off and everyone wanted to go international. <laughs> if you remember, anyone wanted to get out of the country and go to a beach. And so it was it was a taxing couple of months I ended up leaving, and after Jetlinks, I ended up not working for a year. I started pursuing other okay. things, and just honestly, it was just like a year off a break. After a year, my wife said, "You have to get a job." <laughs> so I, uh, I, I started looking around, and someone in the industry connected me with my current employer, FL Aviation in Morristown. And so, same deal. They're a management company. Manage a few airplanes. We do charter, we do 91, and I've been with them for about a year. Excellent. Okay, I want to go back a little bit to um, your Meridian, your time at Meridian. So you got your dispatch license. I kind of curious, why do you feel the difference between being, I guess, scheduling without the dispatch license to when you got the dispatch license? Did that help you? Do you think it was worth it? Because I think a lot of people want to know that. Is it worth my time to get that dispatch license? A hundred percent, it's worth getting the dispatch license. I don't know any different. I mean, I, I was literally hired uh, and within three or four months, I mean, it was a requirement to get the license. So I was hired and I got the, the license right after I was hired. And, you know, I, I heard a couple of, you had a, a recent podcast with, with someone who was working on getting their dispatch license. And, and she made the comment that if she ever stopped flying, she had something to fall back on. And I remember a pilot at Meridian, you know, we were talking one day and she said my most value and she's got ratings. She's got, you know, 
type ratings on all kinds of jets. And she says her most valuable uh, certificate is the dispatch license, because if she ever lost her medical, she can always rely on that dispatch license. And I don't know any different. I, I never worked without a dispatch license. How can you not? You get so much knowledge from the course. Yeah. You're an ATP level, you know, aviator, basically. And so I I would recommend anyone. I, I actually have a friend who's thinking about a career change. I'm like, get your dispatch license. It is a, such a small investment, but the opportunities with business aviation or with the airlines, they're just incredible. I wish, I wish I would have spent $5,000 on this dispatch license as a 21-year-old, as opposed to spending the $60,000 I did at college. Okay. It's, 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 I mean, I'm glad I got my college degree, but for such a small investment of getting your dispatch license, the opportunities are just amazing. That's a, such a great, you know, advice and suggestion. I think, I think a lot of people should hear that. If college is not your route, try the dispatch license. Because you're right, there's a ton of opportunities that way. So when you were with Meridian, were you doing international in-house or were you going outside and using a service provider? Yeah, it depends. So a lot of places that we were familiar with, we did everything on our own. Okay. You know, you know if we're going to London or if we're going to Paris, we did everything on our own. If we're going to Bahamas, you know, you know, a lot of places in the Caribbean that we were very familiar with, we did everything on our own. There were places where, you know, when we were not familiar, we would reach out to the uh, international trip planning. Like, you know, we used ITPS a lot and we still use ITPS at FL Aviation. But yeah, when, when, we, when we needed help with places that we were not familiar with, yeah, we certainly got the assistance. Um, and then there were situations where, you know, ITPS or whoever we were using got us a lot of experience after a couple of trips. And, you know, we started getting comfortable with Africa, doing certain things on our own in Africa, which you would have never thought to do on your own. But they kind of help you along and they are they're a great resource to kind of get you up to speed on how to operate at some of these um, international locations. Yep, definitely. So you moved or, or Jetlinks purchased the charter part of Meridian. Did you have to move for that or was this in the era when everybody was remote still? So, yes. Yeah, so Jetlinks, now they're based in Omaha and their operations center is in Omaha. They have a very nice facility there. For me personally, they had they wanted to bring me and a few others in the international department. And it just so happened that people in their international department work remote. So. Huh. Jetlinks eventually decided, hey, they're going to use a lot of Meridian people. Let's let them work in Teterboro. So we were still able to work at an office in Teterboro, which was great because, you know, with a merger and all that stuff, you're kind of uncertain. Am I going to have to move or whatever? But Jetlinks was really good about that. They let us live in New Jersey and and continue to to help their team that way. And to touch on one of the points that you had said just a moment ago about Everybody wanted to travel international. All of a sudden, everybody wanted to travel international. And the COVID requirements and researching those COVID requirements and, you know, what vaccine is needed. Do you need more than one dose? Which one is okay to use? That was a lot of work, like a really lot of work. I'm sure everybody remembers that. So, yeah, I can imagine those the time there with Jetlinks coming back out of COVID was very busy. 
It was, I always told people that the workload of an international trip was probably four or five times the workload because you have pilots who need to go to an international location and they're busy flying, but you need to get them a, a PCR test. And then some countries, you've got to get a PCR test that is not spit, but is up your nose. And you've got to get, you know, there's so many different requirements. It was just the workload for one trip was, was, I don't know how we did it, but the team that I worked for was just an awesome team and no complaining, just get it done. And I am still to this day impressed at, you know, the, the small team at JetLinks that we had, we were, we were literally breaking JetLinks records for the amount of international legs per week consistently, even through COVID. And it was just, it was insane. I mean, everyone knows how difficult that was, the, 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 when COVID turned off, all the COVID restrictions were tar- turned off. Yep. Yep. Crazy. Well, I'm glad that it's not as bad anymore. <laughs> okay. So how about, tell us some more about what you do in your current job. What's, what is your day-to-day life like there? So FL Aviation, it's a small little boutique management company based in Morristown. We have seven airplanes. I am responsible primarily for three of them. So I am constantly talking with the owners and their assistants, scheduling their trips, and then dispatching them. So planning all the flights, making all the uh, the arrangements for passenger ground transportation or permits or w- whatever for whatever it is. So those those three airplanes that I'm responsible for, I focus on them. Um, there's there's quite a bit of international, so I'm still in some locations looking for, for help from ITPS or international trip support companies. Yep. But yeah, that's what I'm doing with FL aviation now. And it's, it's kind of like, a, you know, at Meridian, we had a team called owner services. They just dealt with owner flights. And so that's really what I'm doing. I, I manage the owner flights. We do a little bit of charter, not as much as I've done with Meridian or Jetlinks, but, um, if there is charter, we'll we'll get involved with that with the permits and all that stuff. So are you are you like a one man team for your three airplanes? You kind of cover them all the time, or do you guys have kind of set schedules where you can transfer some of the workload over? Yeah, our our current situation is there's two of us dispatchers. The other dispatcher, he manages four of the airplanes and I am on call 24-7, 365 with my air, three airplanes, but okay. honestly, it's not the on-call that I'm used to. It's actually a very, very relaxing job. I, okay. I do get occasional calls after hours, but they are few and far between, and usually they're like little changes where I could literally you know, make the change on my phone app, and I could send out a trip sheet from my phone. It's it's very interesting how the the, the software has improved where I can dispatch an entire trip from my phone while I'm on vacation with my family. So yes, I'm on call 24 seven, but it really doesn't feel 24 seven. That is so great to hear. And I really love that you touched on software and technology and how that's gotten better. Is there a software system that you really like to work with or some type of a technology that you Think it's the, really- the only the only software that I am familiar with is FOSS and uh, yep. trip planning dot biz trip planning. 
so I use FOSS for years, both at Meridian and um, Jetlinks. And this was my first go around with trip planning. And I, to their credit, they've just got a great system. I, without any training, no one told me how to, you know, manipulate trip planning. On the second day, I was able to figure out how to produce a trip itinerary and send it to an owner. And it was just yeah. very intuitive. It's it's modeled. I mean, it, there's a lot of similarities with FOSS. So I, you know, I very easy to learn. But to their credit, on the second day, I was able to do things that you probably should have some training on, but I was able to figure it out on the second day. You're right. I, I agree. I think it's an intuitive program, especially when you're coming from FOSS. If you have a lot of experience from FOSS, I mean, you probably know what the program should do since FOSS does everything and then yeah just poke it around in there you can figure out how to do it that's great that's wonderful i really like to go through those systems as well yeah well jamie i wanted to switch to the next piece which i'm super excited to hear about and it's called avmerge and if anybody who's listening hasn't checked it out look up avmerge but i'm always talking about how there's just not enough resources for schedulers and dispatchers out on the market or available to us and so tell us all about avmerge because this is a new tool out there has resources that i think it's gonna be awesome yeah so i am a self-learner and i read a lot of books and i read uh, i train myself on a lot of things in youtube and one thing that a lot of people that I follow on social media say is to to share your work. There's a great book, actually, I think it's called Share Your Work, where it says, get your stuff out there. You know, whatever you do, whatever you're passionate about, just somehow find a way to get it out there. And so this new project is simply a blog sharing my experiences as a dispatcher. And I don't know where it's going to lead, but I am really excited about it sharing the knowledge that I've acquired and the experiences that I've gone through, sharing with other people so that they can learn not only from my mistakes, but from my, you know, wins, my successes. And I've just started it. And it's, it's funny because I, I wrote three articles and here you are, Lindsay, reaching out to, <laughs> to ask me about it and, and join the podcast. So there's something really powerful about, you know, just sharing what you know with others it will lead to new relationships and, and networking and opportunities. And so the idea is just sharing what I know. And you and I talked about it before we, we hit the record button, but there, there used to be an article or a series of articles in Flying Magazine where pilots wrote their experiences, um, things that they, they messed up or they screwed up or there were close calls in the cockpit as pilots. And they write the article and, and the title of the article is, I learned about flying from that. And, and my articles, I have a feeling are going to kind of model that same idea, but for dispatch, you know, things that I messed up. And if you read a couple of articles I've already written, things that I messed up big time, but I've learned a ton from those mistakes. And I really not only want to share my stories, but I want to collect stories from other people, not only part 135 and part 91 dispatchers, but dispatchers from the airlines, you know, and I don't even know if it exists, but are there, you know, military dispatchers, 
You know, yeah. is there an equivalent of military dispatchers that they can just share their stories of things that they really messed up, but we all can learn from. So yeah, that's that's a project that I'm I just started and I'm like excited about and and we'll see where it goes. But it's it's certainly opened up a few connections already. So Jamie, well, two questions. One is is there a place that you would like, are you trying to collect stories? Do you want people to try and submit stories to you? I would love that. Yes, I am. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm only a few articles in and um, I'm going to share a few, but I've already found that it's very difficult to produce content consistently. And you probably already know that it takes a lot of time. So I would love for other people, dispatchers, even pilots, I'd love for pilots to share their story of how a dis dispatcher screwed up and it affected their their job so i would love to yeah collect stories from other people so that we all learn from people's mistakes not only the mistakes but even the wins how what did you know things that you've done i share a story in 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 one of my articles where i was trying to reach an fbo i could not reach them all day and it was a small little airport and I could not reach them. And we were landing after dark and I needed to make sure that someone was going to be there to meet the airplane. I we, you know, we've never been to that airport before. And because I couldn't reach anyone, I just went on Google maps. I went on street view and just was poking around at the airport. And I saw next to the FBO, there was a flight school. So I'm like, Hey, what if I called the flight school? So I called the flight school and this young student pilot probably picked up the phone and said, you know, how can I help you? And I said, listen, I'm trying to call the FBO next door to you because we have this flight coming in. And she was so excited because this business aviation dispatcher was looking for her help. And she's like, yeah, I know Dave. He's he's in here all the time. I'll give you his cell phone number. And I, and I called the guy. And I, I think about, you know, how genius was that not to call the FBO, but to call the flight school next door. So stories of, of like that to kind of yeah. get people thinking outside the box and how to solve the problems that we face every day as aircraft dispatchers. Those are the stories that I would like to share. So important. So important. Because you're right. We are, we are not paid and we're not hired to, like your, one of your articles talks about, go only a certain distance. We're paid to go all the way, the entire distance, and make sure that that um, project gets completed. That's a great idea, a great example of going, thinking outside your uh, the box and going the distance, getting it done. That's awesome. Very cool. Okay, well, for those of you guys listening, I'm going to put um, contact information. It'll be at the end of the podcast, but I'll also pop it down in the description below. And perhaps if you have a story that you could write and share your experiences with, Jimmy would love to hear about it. Absolutely. Send them my way. Great. Well, I'm so excited. And I I want to check back with you in a couple of months to see how everything is going, because, again, I think that's really important. And I guess adding to our workforce in this industry is really important. You know, in, in all areas, we're really missing people. We can't find enough good, I guess, educated, educated in aviation people. I will also post the blog uh, website in the details below. Very good. So. Yeah. Well, thank you. Because really, you're giving back to this industry. I mean, you're not, you're, nobody's paying you for it. This is your time that you're taking to produce this to help the rest of us. So actually, we thank you for that. Mm -hmm. I will switch over to do maybe some less, maybe technical questions and maybe some more fun ones and, and pop these in here. 
I'm not sure if you're an avid reader or not, but is there a book that you suggest that you might have read recently or are currently reading? I mean, in the last couple of years, I've read a lot of books on productivity. I've read a lot of books on um, personal development and even running a business. Now, I don't necessarily run a business yet, um, but I've learned that even being an employee, if you treat your employment as a business, you know, I am Jamie Labaki Inc. And my customer is my boss. And I learned a lot of principles from books that I've read, how to run a business on how to make myself more valuable to my employer. And it it happened even during COVID. I was encouraging the people at Meridian. You know, when things started dying down, I was encouraging our dispatchers and the people at Meridian, start learning things that you don't know how to do whatever it is, learn Microsoft Excel, take a course on Microsoft Excel, take a course on marketing or SEO or how to build a website. Because even though it's not necessarily dispatching, you are potentially providing a valuable skill to your employer that they may need. You can read weather, you can read notams, you know about aircraft performance, But maybe a day is coming where your employer is going to need somebody who can manage the website or uh, do some, um, you know, build a fuel price dashboard where all the pilots can reference and see where the fuel prices are this week. So I I can't think of a book offhand, but there I I did a a lot of books on um, personal development, running a business productivity a lot of youtube youtubers that that teach about productivity and you know little tips and tricks of of you know how to how to work better in microsoft outlook those kinds of things actually make me a better dispatcher and more valuable to my employer and future employers yep i think hands down you're right there and especially if you know we are not one thing at our job we're not just the dispatcher or we shouldn't aspire to be just that dispatcher. We can aspire to do other things. And if you can find that outlet that you like, like maybe you love writing content or you love putting together websites, just like you said, that your employer, I bet they could find something, you know, that would match those skills of dispatcher and web designer. Every company needs people who are good at multiple yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure employers are searching for people who are well-rounded. And like I said, we can we can do a lot of dispatching type stuff. But if you can add, as individuals, if we can add more value to your employer, you're eventually gonna find more opportunities, probably make more money, and just be an overall more valuable person to your company. And plus, don't you think that makes for happier employees? People like. When you're giving more because you're excited and you enjoy it, like you're happier at your position. Oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah. I mean, when you're just sitting back and doing the minimum, it, it doesn't sound very fun. Yeah. It, it, so, sometimes we forget to, you know, there, there are some things we may enjoy. We may enjoy spreadsheets. We, some, there are many people who, who just love to work in Excel and, and make different things. Yep. Uh, take that passion and see how you can put it together with your your dispatching a job. You know, there's there's whatever it is. You said, you know, you know, making content. Maybe 
maybe you're going to be the one to to make a little you know recurrent refresher course for your dispatchers in your company you know whatever that passion is see how you can merge that with uh, your current dispatcher responsibilities yep hands down great advice great advice so it sounds like you've got a full-time job you have a family you fly you created AvMerge and are working on content there. So I understand there's only a limited number of hours in your day, but are there any other passions that you just really enjoy doing? Maybe traveling? Do you travel with your family? Uh, yeah, we, we, we actually just talking about air shows. We just went to an air show this week. So I just love spending time with the family. We got a, we got a, um, a five-year-old and a, a two-year-old. So we, uh, we definitely love moving around with them. Listen, aviation is my passion. I just love love being around airplanes. I love watching planes fly. And um, what's my passion? I don't know. One day I'd love to own a, a little Piper Cub at a little grass field, finish dispatching, uh, a day of work of dispatching, jump in the airplane and go flying around for, for an hour or two just to have fun. So we'll see where everything leads. But uh, I don't know. That's That's my passion right now. That is awesome. That is awesome. I'll wrap it up here with maybe one last question. Um, how about what's one lesson your job has taught you or, you know, one of your jobs has taught you that you um, think maybe everybody should learn? Oof, that's, Any- a, that's a hard one. A lot of lessons. Um, you know, you know, some of us work at big flight departments. Some of us work at small flight departments. Now, one thing I've always thought, even when I was managing people and even when I'm not, I always think that there is a mistake, there is a problem hidden somewhere in the the future flight schedule. Yeah, okay. uh, and we can't see it. No one can see it until it's too late. And I don't know if this is a paranoia thing or a worry. I just always feel like there is something hidden in the schedule or the future flights where um, there is something is going to mess up. And I always thought of myself when I was a young dispatcher, I wasted a lot of time when it was quiet. I did nothing. And I was only like that, that level one dispatcher just doing enough to get by. Those, those, you know, younger dispatchers, I just encourage you always be looking for, for those mistakes in the schedule. Keep looking at those notums ahead of time. Just be proactive uh, about finding those things in the schedule. That's going to trip, trip you up the day before the flight. I've, I got many stories of, of things I did not see until it was too late. And uh, I just wish I was more proactive uh, in in finding those those hidden errors in our flight schedules. Yeah, that's great advice. You're right. Just because you have time that doesn't have direct work, I guess, attached to it doesn't mean you shouldn't be just looking around and trying to find. And and when it's quiet, when it's quiet, go on go on YouTube. Learn how to you know build a fuel dashboard with Excel or, you know, so I, I always, I encourage people to, to sign up for, for things like Skillshare. I'm actually taking a course from uh, Michigan State University, a communications course that I hope to incorporate into this AvMerge project. So I just encourage people just to, to continue learning, spending time on these, these, you know, online courses and YouTube and, and wherever you can get 
yeah, extra knowledge, audiobooks, just continue to, to keep learning because, like I said, those little things will eventually pay off in better pay, bigger opportunities. And um, the young people that take advantage of those learning opportunities, they're certainly going to find themselves in better positions in their career. And Skillshare, I know you've mentioned it a couple of times. I'm actually, I'm not really familiar with it. So what is Skillshare? Is it a plot like you pay money for it? Yeah. So Skillshare is, it's an online learning platform where people teach different courses. And how I got in, interested in it is um, someone said there's this course on Skillshare on how to create logos. I was working on a different projects here and there, and I needed to make a logo. And Skillshare, I think they offer you, you know, uh, a month or three months of free classes. So signed up. I took a class on how to create a logo with Adobe Illustrator, and it was such an amazing class. And I'm like, what else can I learn on Skillshare? And so I subscribed to, the, to Skillshare, and they've got thousands of courses of people who teach all kinds of things, whether you're, you're learning about marketing, whether you're learning about how to build a website, learn how to, you know, w learn Excel, all these things. You can take these courses for this monthly subscription, and you can learn a ton not aviation related, but just a ton of stuff that you could add to your tool belt. So it's it's just really good, great platform to learn all kinds of new skills. All right, great. I didn't know. I, I had heard it mentioned a couple of times. I think Brad mentioned it to me, but I'll have to go look it up because I did I did not know what it was all about. So yeah, highly recommend. But just you know, well, really good learning there on that platform. All right, spectacular. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for your time today. It has really, really been great talking to you. Thank you so much for all the time that you put in and effort into giving back to the community with your blog and you know experiences that you're sharing with us. If somebody wanted to reach out and, and contact you, perhaps either to give you content or just ask you some questions about your path, how would we find you? Yeah, you could find me on LinkedIn. My name is Jamie Labaki. Um, you could also, uh, easier probably to remember, is avmerge.com. Um, that will actually lead you to my uh, Substack page, which is just an online blog. But there at avmerge.com, you could find my contact information. I'm happy to, to hear from anybody who's interested. Wonderful. Sounds good. Thank you again very much, Jamie. And we'll be keeping an eye on avmerge and good luck with everything. Thanks, Lindsay. Thank you for listening. Please stay tuned for more episodes and check out our website for up and coming podcasts. This has been a production of the Business Aviation Collective sponsored by LD Aviation.